Who is it? Yeah. You're listening to the Claim of Thrones Lodgecast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2016. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. I'm Kava, and this is Ash, and we're here for another week to talk all things Claim the Throne and metal and music and shit. Thanks for tuning in. Again, we're almost at podge number 50 for uh, for our lifetime, I believe, about 49 this week. Yep. So thanks to everyone who's been tuning in. You can go through the back catalogue, obviously, and tune into all sorts of cool shit, including, including lots of interviews with sick dicks. What's the crack, Ash? Went out to a, uh, a gidge last night. Did you? Yeah. Which? Uh, at the Bird. I don't even know who was playing, but some dudes. The, you know the guy we met at the hen house last week that Rob introduced us to? Yes. H- his band was playing. Oh, right. Um, so you just rocked up there? Yeah, yeah. I went, went with a couple of my buddies. Yeah, we actually just went t- to get a drink somewhere and there just happened to be a gig on. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Had a bit of a chat, a few drinks. That was cool. Something different. Yep. How about you? Sounds great. Uh, yeah, nothing too crazy. Went out with me mate Ash a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the same area. It was pretty cool. Had a few beers and then uh, not too much else over the weekend. Just been chilling at home. Installed a dishwasher and have been on Guitar Pro a lot. Writing lyrics. Trying to get my shit together before we go into the recording studio soon. Yep. You just brought up a very good point. You've been um, installing dishwashers. <laughs> well, I've spent the last yesterday, most of the afternoon ludicrously hung over by the way yeah and um also last night and this morning up until literally i just reinstalled skype to be able to talk to you basically wiped my whole computer deliberately right oh yeah i've got a mac so i got os x uh what's it called yosemite or yosemite or whatever the fuck you want to call it yosemite sam yep and um i threw it on this little fucker here oh, yeah. a, a little thumb drive and created a like a bootable disc so what i could do is restart my computer press a button and it comes up with the disc utility and i'm able to completely wipe my hard drive which of course i backed up all my important stuff first and yeah reinstalled a fresh version of my operating system and because so diligently in the past which i think i've actually mentioned on maybe episode maybe like 34, about how I downloaded all of my Pro Tools install files and all of my plugins and Guitar Pro and just everything that I regularly use and I back up those. So then with this fresh new operating system and pristine clean hard drive, I was able to just um, simply install all of the things that I use on a regular basis. And now basically it feels like I've got a brand new computer, but this is the smart thing that I did this time so that I plugged in a fresh hard drive as well and I backed up the computer as it was exactly after I finished installing everything on it. Mm-hmm. So it sort of take, took a snapshot of what the computer was like at that point. And from now, anytime, you know, I might install something and it corrupts my computer or, you know, s- something fucks up or whatever it might be or my computer's running sluggish, I can just plug this hard drive in. And in, within 10, 15 minutes, I can have it fresh as if it had just been newly installed. Wow. So, so yeah. f- first things first, yep. this very computer you're talking about is the computer that will record Claim the Throne's new album? Yes. For the most part, yeah. It's what we recorded Forged in Flame on. I basically clean out my computer to make it 
run as optimally as possible because I'm not quite running the fastest shit I can get. But that's also why I've got 62-bit, ah, 62, sorry, 64-bit Pro Tools happening and um, it's accessing all of my 16 gig of RAM, blah, blah, blah. So if I happen to get a new computer, you know, in the next month, I'll likely use that and I'll actually get it. Um, I'll buy it based on the specs that I require to record. Whereas this was literally just the cheapest one I could get off the shelf. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just happened to work. I, I never intended it to be a recording machine, but man, it runs like a bit of a dream, hey? Mm. It's just when we get up to big track counts. Um, I had no problem, for instance, mixing and mastering Suffering Rot on this one. Um, but that was a little more stripped back where they'd literally have, you know, let's say 12 tracks of drums, two of vocals, a bass, and uh, two or three guitar tracks each song. So it was very, very stripped back. Whereas with Claim of Throne, because we've got the added element of extra vocalists and keys and software instruments and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, possibly more mics on the drum kit, it's a little bit more for the computer to handle. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So do you have like a list of shit that you need to do before recording or are you just sort of doing shit as you think of it in my brain i do every now and again i'll write a list especially when i'm at work and i'm waiting for something to process Um, do you use evernote or any of those fucking things no i did go to start using it but i just couldn't get into it because i i felt like i was just staring at my phone just typing stuff in i didn't like that yeah cool um how i do it how i break it down is um look what are the elements of a band uh drums bass guitars keys vocals right right and i think about in my mind how would i optimize each one of those in terms of the tracking stage or in terms of the mixing stage for instance Um, and then i'll kind of rank if i think i need any gear i'll kind of rank that in order of importance and also by time as well because if let's say um the bass guitar at the moment that i would like to use on the album uh, needs a little bit of work done to it definitely a setup at very least uh, we probably won't need that for another month. So that priority-wise goes down on the list a little bit more. Whereas yep. something like, um, uh, you know, in the last couple of months, I got a snare drum, but I was really hunting for one because I wanted to be specific about that and drums are the first thing recorded. So Wicked. That's cool. Um, and because it's interesting because you you always seem to just know what needs doing and are onto it all the time. Um, whereas I sort of freak out about time quite a lot even just 15 minutes ago when we were talking about doing a podge and you've been trying to get me all weekend to do it and I'm like always making reasons why I can't do a podcast but then I rang you just 15 minutes ago and was like all right can we do it now and you're like yep straight out so that's how easy it is to get hold of you you're just willing to drop everything and do it but you don't seem worried about it like it's like you've got your whole night planned out so I don't know where you get time to do all these things and when are you thinking like, do you get home from work and you're straight to it in the afternoons? Um, well, sometimes it depends what I have on. Uh, that's a hilarious question. What you <laughs> it's not even a question. What you interrupted me doing was um, mm. uh, modifying a microphone. And we talked about this ages yeah. ago. After Forged in Flame, I sold the Rode Classic condenser mic that we used to do all the vocals on the last album. And I bought yep. two sort of Chinese... Um, condenser mic knockoffs from Canada for the same price that I sold the one mic for. Um, the catch is, is I had to buy 
these two mod kits, which was a capsule, a transformer, and a couple of, you know, a capacitor and a couple of diodes. And I have to swap them over. So this, um, it's work in progress right now. It could completely fuck up. But you rang me up. I mean, technically I am in the middle of that, but I know that I don't need that microphone today. I certainly don't need it um, by tomorrow or next week or anything like that. So yeah, I'm happy to just put that down and talk to you for half an hour or so and get back to it later. Or, you know, I did the same thing when I went and had lunch. Like I'm not, I'm not just going to sit around all day doing one thing because again, it's kind of, um, I don't have a priority system, but yeah, it's like, does it, does it need to happen now? I only started it because I felt I had some free time. So Mm -hmm. yeah. But in terms of when do I, when do I think about stuff? When are you building these lists in your head of stuff that needs doing, I guess? Um, well, like when you go to bed at night, are you just lying there thinking about... Oh, no way. No, no, no. No, I'm watching TV usually. Yeah, joking it. Yeah, I'll get up (laughs) at, you know, 5.36 in the morning and I'll potter around the house for a couple of hours doing shit and I'll think about it then. And that's when I listen to Podgers as well and I'll be, you know, preparing my lunch or fucking you know, doing normal stuff that everyone does every morning. But just, I do think about things then. Uh, I walk to work, so I have a nice long um, time to think twice a day. And also at work, my job involves a lot of processing and I literally can't do anything during those times. So I just sit there, pull up um, notepad on, you know, the Windows operating system. And I'll just write down some shit that's in my head, usually delete it literally five minutes later because Mm -hmm. it's the same shit. It's, but that's the thing. I'm not really thinking about anything at all, man. It's like I said, it's a simple thing we've got to do. Yeah, unless something comes up, throws us a curveball that is, that is a problem that needs to be solved. It's, you know, I might scan Gumtree pretty often and shit <laughs> like that, eBay and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I'm not really putting too much effort into anything. It just seems like that because you only talk to me a couple of times a week and it feels like I've done a shitload when I really haven't. Yeah, call you on a Sunday and you just happen to be soldering microphones in preparation for recording. Exactly. But hey, yeah. No, it's cool. It's Yeah, and it's good because I guess we do have this uh, big-ass rehears- rehearsal session coming up in February where we've booked uh, a rehearsal room for the entire month for a permanent room so we can set up day one in there and leave it in there for the whole month and we can just sort of rock up as much as we want whenever we want, which is going to be really cool. But um, yeah, in order to make the most of that time, I feel like we need to be onto it and be prepared and stuff before we get in there. So it's just awesome that you're doing all that sort of shit. On my list to do is pretty much get all the tabs finished and get all the lyrics written uh, before the end of the month, hopefully. Well, as far as we're up to anyway, within reason. But uh, Yeah, I was talking to Jessie today and she is kind of, I guess, in the same boat as you because you guys are doing a lot of writing and structuring and reworking of songs at the moment weekly Mm. and at jam of course and on your own so like that's that's shit that i'm not doing um anything that i'd written or worked on as was finished ages ago and i've made a conscious decision to just stick to the technical stuff and just drumming yeah and um yeah it's not as not as stressful because i i feel i can just leave that shit up to you guys it's funny because the, um, I guess the creative stuff like the structuring of songs and writing lyrics and that, it's quite hard to schedule it into your life because sometimes you might say, cool, I've got an hour after work, I'll smash out a song of lyrics and then I'll have dinner and shit and then after that I'll muck around with this song a bit more. 
Mm-hmm. But sometimes you sit down and you're just staring at your computer or whatever you're doing and you just go, it's not flowing. It's not happening for me at the moment. So sometimes just you've got to do it when when the time comes, when, I don't know, inspiration hits you. you just got to drop everything and, and get to it sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I find that can be stressful sometimes. You're like, fuck, it's just not coming to me now and I've got all this shit to do and... I'm just not getting anywhere and I told everyone that I would have this done by next jam and I haven't. Mm. I guess that sort of stuff, but yeah. I think people, you stress out about it more than other people do because everyone's got shit on their plate. But yeah, I think it's harder for you because like you say, you can't just sit down and go, all right, it's time to be at my creative best for this one (laughs) hour in a day. Whereas for me... Sometimes you you can. Yes. Yeah, if you're maybe um, yeah, yeah. chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're chomping at it. Well, sometimes if you've been thinking about it all day, like if you have a quiet day at work, you've got heaps running through your head and you're excited mm-hmm. to get home and you get home and you smash all, out all your ideas and it's perfect sometimes. With things like um, building microphones or, or reading about some stuff or doing some little uh, practice recordings or shit like that, it it is technical. Sorry, mm. what's... Yeah, technical is a good word. Or yeah, it's it's a thing that you just there's a process. There's there's a right way and a wrong way, and that I guess perhaps. Yeah, as opposed to like creating art, I'm literally just um, having to do something practical. That I guess that's a better way to put it. Got to build this. Sit down. It's going to take this long. Whereas like writing a song, you got to just do that whenever it it. I, takes I guess you. when it gets to um tabbing songs out that's okay because the song already exists and there is a right and a wrong way to play it and you can just sit and do it and it's cool and you don't have to be have your creative cap on Mm -hmm. um but depending on the order you're doing things to write the song sometimes like i'm doing the tabbing and then i'm sort of restructuring the song a bit as i go or i'm going oh that actually doesn't sound as good as i thought it did and then it turns into a whole thing i think that's what for me, the month in the studio is good for too. It'll give me a chance to play drums, you know, almost every day. But also to try things that I don't actually have time to do generally, which is, um, look, I've got a drum kit there already set up. Let's throw some mics on it and let's play. Let's see if this mic technique does anything cool or let's see if this drum beat sounds cool when I blend it with the demo guitars you've done. You know, that's, that's shit that does just take a lot of time and I really don't have the facility to do it at the moment. So it's pretty exciting. Can I tell you a story? The Mm -hmm. latest in uh, music news. Yep. Um, My favorite band ever, Suodakra. Mm -hmm. I've just realized uh, also about to hit the recording studio, Mm -hmm. but only from a, a Facebook status or something they put up the other day, which said, um, it was a picture of them in the rehearsal rooms and it said 13 songs have now been written it was really exciting to rehearse them all the new material for the first time today with this picture so it's like they've written 13 new songs and not jammed yet and then hmm. they've all all learnt the songs and then they've all just gone in and jammed them and now they're going to the recording studio next month fuck what's that about that's like your dream hey well I don't know about that yeah, I'd be interesting to ask him a bit more. Maybe hit him up for a sneaky interview or something. That would be cool. But I guess I don't know if that's just means that one person has written and demoed every song and then tabbed it all and then emailed it to everyone and everyone's learnt it and gone into the studio and far away. Yeah, possibly. But 
you know, if they've got a month to then work on that stuff and tweak it to their individual sort of tastes as instrumentalists, then I, I maybe guess so, this, yeah. yeah. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Whereas like we've kind of, everyone's chipped in a couple of songs each for mm-hmm. us. So we've needed this longer process. Um, but yeah, I think it's worked pretty good. The tabbing, tabbing things helped. And this month is a first for us as well in the with the permanent room, so mm-hmm. it should be pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. What else? Uh, I guess on that note, w- when Cabra and I were out and a bit drunk the other day, we were chatting about recording, and Cabra was saying, "When do we book the studio for? When do we, when do we track drums? Blah blah blah." So I I shot a message off to Electric City Studios, uh, saying, you know can we book this date in March? And then got a reply back from one Samuel Christopher Allen saying basically they're shutting up shop at the end of, from what I could gather in my state, they're shutting up shop at the end of Feb. So we miss out by a week or two on getting the studio we've sort of wanted to use for the last two years of talking about a new album. So that was a spanner in the works. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, also during that, as my immediate reaction to that, like I did ask Sam like where he'll be working and blah, blah, blah. But it's a little bit tricky because I was hoping that we'd engineer the album sort of partly because of costs. Actually, dramatically, the costs would be different if we hired an engineer. But I'm not really familiar with any other studios and I just didn't even look into any. And I know, you've, I mean, had you had any other ideas of where else to go? Well, no, I thought we pretty much had our minds made up and we yeah. good to go with that. So, yeah, threw a spanner in it. Sure did. So, yeah, I thought, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. It's going to be the same as last <laughs> time. But we've got this permanent room. Maybe we could just record in there. Um, but one thing tickled my brain, and that was that our good old friend Al Smith from Begurk uh, has started doing mobile tracking again, um, which means he's got just a portable sort of recording setup and he'll just rock up at a rehearsal space or the house of a of a band or something and he'll do sessions on the spot so mm-hmm. yeah i i threw him a message and said hey how much do you charge uh or how much would you charge we're looking at four days for you to come out with your gear it seemed pretty reasonable especially since he was coming with equipment um yeah and we talked about the possibility of tracking rather than me doing it again at hen house like we did with forged in flame like we may as well take advantage of the fact that Al's got a lot of experience and a lot of equipment um, and he could, yeah, take take the pressure off and record us in the hen house. So he's going to meet us down there tomorrow when we choose our the room that we're going to record in, maybe, oh, sorry, that we're going to have for our permanent room and um, he might make a decision or help us with the decision based on the potential of recording drums in there. Mm. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I reckon it's pretty exciting, really. We've worked with him heaps in the past and it's always been super positive. Uh, mm. And I think he's got gets a pretty good idea of of our band as well and what we're trying to do, how we all work and everything, which is um, yeah, a beneficial thing, obviously. But yeah, then it's just seeing how it's going to work out sound-wise, I guess, wherever we choose without, well, yeah, without having the studio that we originally planned for. Mm. So I don't know, we'll just play it by you, see how it goes. So, do you want to update on what's happening with that? Yeah. Um, I kind of said to him, it's a shame because I'd like to use a room, perhaps 
the old Begurk studio room still available because I know it hadn't been leased out for like the two years since he left it. Yeah, right. Turns out it has just um, been turned into a shop recently in the last couple of months, which is unfortunate. But we got onto the topic of where do you guys live? Does anyone have a an appropriate space in their living area um, to do a recording? Or how about in the suburbs do you live? Are there any halls or little theatres or something that we could kind of get on the cheap where we could set up and yeah record that's a little bit more appropriate for recording drums than a than a uh, rehearsal room so i've been doing a little research and here are my ideas that i'm floating with you right now live on this podcast far away so he actually suggested because i live in northbridge there's this old recobites i think that's how you say it theater over on william street i think it is right eh? um and that's like a historic landmark or something like that that's been vacant for quite a few years Um, and that might be pretty cool and it could also be very cheap um so how the hell do you get permission to use it is it a council thing uh yeah council city of perth maybe something Mm. like that so we're looking into that and i'm gonna try and contact them tomorrow um there's also in looking for the contact info yesterday for that theater I stumbled across a contact to the Blue Room Theatre in Northridge near the Mm -hmm. um, Pika Bar and that kind of a thing. Yeah. And um, a lot of these theatres, what's cool about them is they offer them as rehearsal spaces for um, people putting on plays. And Mm -hmm. so uh, that place and this other place in Maylands, it's a theatre as well, um, offers cheap slash affordable rehearsal spaces yeah for people putting on place and so i'm going to hit those guys up as well yeah um and with them it's a bit easier because there at least is contact information on their website um the other thing i was looking at doing is i've gone through gumtree and looked at rental properties in (laughs) um in sort of the vicinity of you know perth cbd so south perth um mount hawthorne mount lawley Leaderville, um, Vic Park, these kind of areas and looked for character homes. That was my keyword search because usually, you know, higher ceilings, bigger, more open spaces and bigger blocks too so you could make a bit of noise mm-hmm. um, and looked in the price range of about, you know, what a room at the hen house would cost for a week and, you know, tried to look for someone who's offering it privately. So maybe, hey, can we go in there for four days? Um There'll only, you know, be a couple of musical professionals in there and we can leave our gear there and lock up. We'll have a set of keys. You know, that's another option. I guess you could always jump on Airbnb even. Exactly what Jesse suggested today, Mm. which I think is an awesome idea, right? Wow. Very interesting. Obviously, yeah. yeah, Very interesting to see what's available on there. Yeah. So, there there are a few things we're kind of looking at and it's, Mm -hmm. look, Electric City had awesome gear in terms of, um, you know, they had something 18 to 20 preamps, most of them being universal audio, really high quality, and also stuff like, I think they had A-Designs maybe. They had a bunch of cool stuff there, and they had some they had a great mic locker. But the reason I wanted to go there was for the room, not for the equipment. Yep. Um, and in fact, I'd probably like to bring a bunch of my own equipment there. So that was just a cheap... I thought it was a cheap space to be able to rent and it had a Pro Tool system built in. But if we're going to be, you know, 
going freelance elsewhere in rooms that I don't know about or whatever, why don't we do something a bit different? It'll end up hopefully cheaper because we got a bunch of quotes last time because we had a similar situation for Forged in Flame where Bergurk had actually stopped tracking and that's where mm. we'd had our hearts set on and we ended up at Poonshead and that was sort of more just throwing shit at the wall and just saying, okay, who's available on short notice? And that was the one that, that stuck its head out. So yeah, we don't right. we don't want to enter that again. Um, this way, I think having Al on board, who we trust and who, um, you know, we're happy with the product he's given us in the past, but now we've also got him on board as well as sort of a bit of a, an interest thing because he, he probably misses recording in a nice space you know yeah so anyway it should be interesting hopefully we can uh chat with him tomorrow at the hen yeah. house and suss our so, options yeah and those guys know that that's what's happening when we're rocking up tomorrow we're yep. looking for a room sweet sure do cool does al still get heaps of work as a freelance traveling dude i guess we'll have to interview him and find out done but yeah it seemed like the reason he will possibly drop in tomorrow is that he's got a job on. Um, oh, yep. So he'll be around. And I know he's doing... He said he's doing a, uh, a recording at the Hen House at the end of the month. So that probably... He probably wants to check it out in advance yeah. anyway. Yeah. And he's got a few things on here and there and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's... I don't know, man. It's always cool working with Alan. And in a funny way, I kind of like how it turns out if we don't end up in a traditional studio situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of, it suits the DIY-ness that we've got going and have done for the last couple of years. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Exciting stuff. Give out all the updates and all that next episode as to what happens. So, I'm also excited to be talking about this stuff live on air and seeing you know, what happens as it goes along. And then this is going to probably be a bit of a real life studio diary as it was originally planned out to be Hmm, this podcast. So yeah, that's going to be good. Might be able to get a few extra episodes in once we're in the hen house for a month. That's what I was hoping for too. I think you messaged a bunch of other people while you were drunk the other night and we're out. Any other updates that I need? Uh, no, nah, (laughs) none at all. Um, uh, one person I was talking to was, uh, Nettie Noodle of, <laughs> of online Yahtzee fame. Yeah. He was chatting to me, uh, telling me how much he hates Ahab. And I thought that he'd been listening to the podcast and we always crap on about Ahab. But turns out what he'd been doing was going through, I can't remember whose it was, maybe Revolver or Metal Sucks or um, Metal Obsession, one of these sites that does uh, top 50 albums, metal albums of 2015. Yeah. And he's been working his way through the whole list of 50 albums. Yeah, right. Which is a pretty cool idea because we were chatting just last week about you were saying, how the fuck do you find new music these days? This is Cabba's approach. And I was saying, I I didn't even know anyone released music in 2015. (laughs) So, yeah, I thought it was a pretty interesting idea. Yeah. But he didn't like Ahab. Um, I think he liked it. The way he described it was that he likes it for a bit, but... Doom for a whole album is not his idea of fun. <laughs> okay. Which I, I can understand that too, especially I can get that Glenn too. I, I, th- I think their latest one though, there's enough variety in there. It's not just constant pure Doom. Like I feel like there is that bit of mix up of stuff. Fire out Nettie Noodle. Give him another chance. I actually pointed him to the giant and he said he had been listening to that. <laughs> but I, yeah, I dig that man. It's, yeah. It is what it is. 
Do you have an album of the week this week? Oh, fuck. Nah. Do you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. One is a podcast, and that's because the Jock Reynolds fantasy football community is, ba- is back. Yeah. From the uh, from the grave. Yeah. My my favorite podcaster of all time. That's uh, hilarious. Talk, talking about fantasy AFL. I just think he's probably the funniest guy on earth. And I was really devo uh, about six months or so ago when uh, they packed up shop and uh, said the the podcast will be no more. But they've come back firing on all cylinders. So very excited about that. About Album that, Cabba. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why did they stop? I don't really know. They haven't gone into it. But what has happened on... Um, on the the grand comeback last week is they've they're talking about um, releasing their own platform this season, so I'm assuming that they've been like creating a, this big fucking wild thing over an the app, six months, mean? like an actual new. So if anyone's familiar with fantasy footy, there's the Super Coach one and there's um, Dream Team and there's all these different ones, but they're going to have their own one called Coach Kings, oh, and it's apparently brilliant. based on like going to the pub with your mates and then you can join the game but they haven't released all the information on it yet but they've apparently been working with software developers and all this shit so it's gonna they're gonna have their own thing oh, um, so why? I'm assuming that's what they've been doing all this time it's perfect it's cool and so that means they'll start up all their regular resources of like articles and um, they create all these crazy resources like Excel spreadsheets and shit for you to check up all these stats on. So they've started doing that again. But as you look into each one, they all advertise this Coach Kings rather than advertising Super Coach or Dream Team or whatever the hell they're doing. So they're, they're doing it's a big DIY thing. So it's really cool. And which is why I've always liked Jock Reynolds. He's very, he, I don't know, he comes across as this old Aussie hobo but actually does all this wild shit behind the scenes. So I would I love to chat like... to him, mate. <laughs> yeah, me too. Can you hook that up? Oh, maybe. We'll see how we go. Hmm. It's a bit of a mysterious character, but you never know. Well, he doesn't. He reply to your tweets and stuff. Oh, yeah, but he's getting pretty famous. Gets tweeted yeah. hardcore. So, we'll see. All right, get on to him, man. Album-wise, I've been listening to a bit of Suodakra going back through the vaults. That's why I came across their current status of being about to go into the recording studio. Did you um, do that for writing help? Uh, a little bit, yeah, because I did in the car. I've chucked in uh, Winter Sun Self-Titled, Storm of the Lights Bane, and a couple Suodakra albums. So oh. I would say yes would be the answer. Fuck yeah. Um, but with Suodakra, I just got a couple of their newer albums to chuck in my car because I've sort of... I didn't never went off them, but I just got a bit over it after um, their last few albums and I wasn't convinced by the, the video clip tracks and stuff. But... um. But I got out uh, their album Krogacht, or however the fuck you pronounce it, <laughs> from like 2009 or something. But that's from my collection chucked in the car. Been loving it. The production is really weird, like way different than the rest of their, their releases. Um, but really intense and like awesome sort of melodic death mixed with folk, exactly what we do with heaps of blasts and shit. So if you're a fan of Claim the Throne, do yourself a favour and check out Suodakra. It's real good. Yeah, I was listening to Emprise to Avalon. Oh, my favourite. Like, I know. Uh, oh, God. Six, seven, eight months ago, when I was gearing up to write some stuff, because I I don't know, you and I were talking about it, and you just said, yeah, that that's what I think the perfect kind of folk metal is. Yeah. Is that album. So I listened to it, hated most of it, and um, 
yeah, basically told me how not to write. No, <laughs> it's funny, since that came out, their newer stuff is, at, well, they had a couple of sort of experimental weird shitty albums and stuff, but um, but their newer stuff it, overall is a lot heavier and faster and thrashier and more blast and intense mm. drumming and shit. Um, yeah, but, but they do also have the odd sort of gay, catchy song, I don't know. I was only joking, by the way. It's actually pretty good, and I would recommend people listen to Emprise mm. to Avalon. But uh, what else? So, what album was that? The you can't Crocact. I think what, it's some Irish what word. Year? I think two thousand and nine. I drink a red wine. Okay, I'll check that out. I haven't listened. Oh, to it's their ninth. Actually, it wouldn't be two thousand and nine. It's probably. I could just go on Google right fucking now. Yeah, I'll do it. Probably when we're not live podcasting. <sighs> Release date two thousand and nine. Their ninth album. There you go. Interesting. So, cool. Um. Another thing that was going around the internet I saw a bit was this um, Frank Zappa video. Did you watch that? No. It's like just an interview of Frank Zappa and he basically says, he starts off with the two best words in the English language, Alan Holdsworth. Um, He says, at the moment, Alan Holdsworth. And I (laughs) thought he's talking about his favourite guitarist, definitely. And then he goes on to talk about some guitarists that were big influences on him and he talks about how they never played the same solo twice. And right. one thing I know about Holdsworth is that uh, a song, let's say, um, Metal Fatigue off, or, or, or whatever, let's say Metal Fatigue, right? He never plays the guitar solo in the studio just once. He does it like two or three times, picks the version he likes the best and releases that. And then he might, as a B-side, have an alternative take of that song. But we're talking about an ultimate shred lord and and pretty, um, you know, pretty flexible music in terms of structure, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with Zappa, you know, like he can go and he explained it. I've got, I know I've got, let's say, 16 bars that I can do guitar in. So I'm just going to see where it takes me. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see a bunch of people kind of talking about it and saying, you know, yeah, that's fucking right um it kind of led me um to think when we play live do people want to hear the same thing every night Mm. like if if you can just lock down the structure of a song um let's say with the drumming i know that i play my parts let's say 75 percent the same as what we'd record them but then certain fills i'll just if i'm feeling spicy i'll do it some certain way (laughs) or you know like or if i'm feeling really good i'll chuck something cool in blah 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 but you also do it with vocals. Like, you change so much shit live. Yeah. Um, and whether it be in a serious sense or just trying to be funny, um, you definitely just uh, remain very flexible. Keys as well. Like, I know Jesse mm-hmm. doesn't ever play the song the same way twice. Um, but I think my point of view is that as long as the, um, the core of the song is still there, I think you're kind of giving a unique performance by yeah. doing these just these little things. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, that's why people go to watch live music generally. I mean, mm. you, you know, you might see certain acts, jazz bands or tech metal or something where you want them to nail exactly what they had on their CD and that'll blow your mind. But generally you want a unique experience that you couldn't get from the, the bedroom or your couch, you know, so you go out and, you know, know that no one else is seeing what you're seeing. And, and in this day and age of, like, people playing to click tracks and triggering... Um, anything from like backing vocals and, and keyboard parts 
all the way through to like reamping bass and guitar live um, to a tempo map. And yeah, it's it's interesting to hear because like what pressure, hey, to <laughs> fucking play along to that shit. And it's like, oh, if I bum a note, there's no way that this bass part is going to change because we've already recorded it and it's just going <laughs> to play through off a tape. Yeah, yeah. So, that's it's, it. yeah, it's it's kind of weird these days, man. And you can do it at any old venue. You don't need anything fancy to just plug in a DI of like and press play. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy shit. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, Largy. We could play um, Cabba's cover of Suodakura Rise of Talisan, seeing he's been, he's been crapping on about Suodakura the whole episode. Make sure you subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Chuck Claim the Throne in your podcast app. Click subscribe, leave us a review if you dig it or if you don't as well. Yeah, you can read all the notes on each episode and shit at claimthethrone.net where you can also find out all the latest on the band and the album as it comes. Say g'day on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and we'll see you next week.